Learned yesterday on Dafim Gimel. That's the question. So, yesterday we started off at the bottom of the page on Dafim Bays on the Bays, and uh, basically we saw that there were two answers. What was the reason why the Allah will follow Rabbi Gamliel with regards to a boat? Either Rabbi's reason is because. He was in Avir Mechitzos Bibod Yom. He was in the same walls. And Rabbi Zeira had a different reason. It's because a, a boat is carrying him from the beginning of four Amis to the end. It's moving him on four Amis at a time. It travels quickly. And therefore, since it's in motion, so therefore there's, uh, um, you're always basically in a brand new Dalar Amis, no matter when you're walking. So it's kind of... Uh, not relevant, the requirement of Daladamas, and you're allowed the full span of the ship according to Rab Zera for that reason. So the Gemara wanted to know what's the reason why they didn't like the other one's reason? Why did Rab Zera reject Rabba's reason? Why did Rabba not agree to Rabbi Zera's reason? So, first we have Rab Zera. What, did, what was his issue with Rabba? He felt that Mechitzos. Um, are, um, are, are, are of a boat are not really there as a mechitza. They're not there as a normal wall, what walls are there for. The, the purpose of these mechitzas are merely to keep the water out. So that's a different issue, that's a different accomplishment, and therefore that's the reason. Rabbah, what's the reason why he didn't accept Rabbi Zera? So the answer is, is that he actually doesn't reject Rabbi Zera. He says, Reb Zera's answer is indeed true if the boat is in motion. And that would be a factor. And not only that, but nobody even disputes that. Everyone agrees to that. Um, the whole machlokas is when it is, um, when it's in, when it's in, in the, when the boat is standing. So that's when the question is, is there, is there a machlokas between the Tanoim and what's the reason of Rabbi Kamliel? So, um, Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, you know what, if you look at our Mishnah, it actually fits in very well with the Mishnah, because the Mishnah is not, they're clearly not arguing when the boat's moving, because if you look at the story um, with, uh, that happened in the Mishnah, the ship was traveling, there's right there, and, and the ocean, and Rav Gamliel, Rav Elizabeth, walked the whole ship. Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Kiva wouldn't move from their Dalat Amas, but it didn't say because they, felt, they said it was prohibited, they said it was because they wanted to be strict on themselves. That's what, that if the reason why they felt what, that if they agreed, if they disagreed, that a moving boat grants you the you know, Dalaramas in the entire or in the, in the span of the entire ship, they should have perhaps pointed that out. So the fact that they didn't proves that uh, that that they are agreeing when it comes to Melach. They just wanted to be Machmir. Ravashi says that's what Rav Nachman Yitzchak proved from the Mishnah that they're not really nobody's arguing in that case. Ravashi says the Mishnah fits in also because it mentions boat in the same sentence that it mentions the dear visar, just like the dear visar is stationary. The machlok is about a boat is only a stationary boat, um, not a boat that's in movement that's in motion. Once the boat's in motion, so then you would definitely be allowed according to the law even according to Rabbi Kiva, 
to walk the entire span. They were just being machmir, just in case the ship stops, that, uh, you know, then you wouldn't be allowed to, so therefore they n- didn't do that. So came along Rav Acha, Berei de Rava, and he said to Rav Ashi, the law follows Rav Gamliel with regards to the boat. Does that mean that they're arguing? I thought we showed that they're not necessarily arguing with regards to the boat. So Gamer says, no, 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 they definitely are arguing in a stationary boat, at least. Okay, and that's what Chananya said, that uh, the entire boat ride, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Lezben they were all discussing this Shaila, and um, they, um, they were all discussing this Shaila, and that was the, what, what the discussion came out with, is um, that, uh, that, Rabbi, that Rabbi Yeshua agreed with Rabbi Gamliel with regards to a boat, but he held like Rabbi Kiva with regards to a pen or the other thing when they were put into a different area. So that seems to be clearly that they're definitely arguing with regards to a boat, at least when the boat's stationary, that indeed there is a dispute. All right, brings us to the next section. So Rabbi Hananya asked the question, a very fascinating question, are there tchumen above 10 tfachim or not? So, first we have to define the question. What do we mean above 10 Tfachim? If you're talking about a walkway that's elevated, that's fully wide, that's the full 4 Tfachim wide, that's comfortable for walking, that is not even a question that's like regular land, and of course you can travel that. And um, um, in other words, if you're taking a proper stairway to heaven that's properly wide, there's no question that that would be leaving the Trom if you do so on Shabbos. Okay, but... Um, that is not even a discussion. If it's very narrow, is a discussion. So in other words, it's less than four tefachim wide, so it's not an, a not a comfortable width for walking. Um, it's a little scary if it's elevated above the ten tefach mark and it's narrow. So that is a discussion whether there's a considered walking outside the trum when you're in the air. That's one way to discuss it. Or another way is if you used Kvitsa, which is basically you jumped, um, which means not physically jumping, but using the name of God to elevate oneself and cause one to fly, basically. It's a doable trick. Um, if you know, if, if, depending on, you know, you have to have some information, but it's a doable thing. Um, and the question is, are you allowed to go outside the trum if you're going in airspace? So that's the question. So, um, or another possibility is on a ship and a boat. Also, the boat floats above the, the, the surface of the ground. And that's the question whether that's considered uh, traveling or not. So all those are the questions. Now, so the Gemara brought down is that why was there a whole discussion of traveling on the from the ship outside the trum, um, obviously, um, it was above the water. So the Gemara says, no, maybe it was very low water. So it's not a proof. Um, it doesn't prove that yesh trumen. It could be the ain trumen, but it was low water. Um, same same story, which is with uh, the end of the Mishnah, where we, they were at the port, and it was right before dark, and they said, and they and it was already dark, and they weren't yet at the port. And he said that we're, don't worry, we're within the 2,000 Amas. Who cares? If there's ain't Chumen, so you're not even bound to the whole thing, you can travel anyway. 
So the Gemara says maybe it was also was low water. All right, so we, we talked about a case. There was a famous story where there were seven memras, seven statements that were said over in the morning, Shabbos morning, in Rav Chizda's Beis Medrash and Surah. And it was also said over those same seven mem- statements in Pompadisa and Rav's Beis Medrash. Who could have passed it along from one to the other on Shabbos? They're way outside the Tchum, um, these two cities in Bavel. So, oh, so obviously, it must have been Elio Anavi. And you see, Elio goes through using, I don't know, he flies. And it's okay to fly outside the Tchum. Because otherwise, Elio would not be allowed to do that. So the Gemara says, not necessarily true. There's other people, not beings, beings that could bring it. Uh, Yosef, she does a possibility. Yosef the demon, who was known as a fine fellow, who... Uh, even though he's a demon, he was nice, man, nice, a nice demon. He liked to. He he was a Talmud Chacham. He enjoyed Torah study, and um, and he would he and he's apparently demons don't have to keep Shabbos. It's good to know, but they don't have an obligation of keeping Shabbos, and that's the story. So the Gemara went into this interesting topic as a sidetrack, which is um, uh, in this halacha. So a person makes a statement. I am a Nazir on the day that Mashiach comes. So he would be allowed, if somebody makes such a declaration, he would be allowed to eat and uh, drink wine on Shabbos and Yom Tif, just not during the week. So the question is, what's the deal over here? Um, why would he not be allowed during the week? That's the discussion. Um, so if you say that there's Tchumen, so that's why on Shabbos and Yom Tif, you don't have to worry because he's not coming from outside the Tchum. But if you say there's no Tchum in, so then why wouldn't it come on Shabbos and Yom Tif? Why are those days that you're like a given that Mashiach's not coming? So the Gemara says that's a bit very different because the Pasuk says that Eliyahu will come the day before Mashiach comes and proclaim the, up, the coming of Mashiach. So Elio did not come on the day before. So the Gemara says, if that's true, so then on Sunday, I mean, so then, so then why in the week um, do we say, every day of the week, since um, we didn't get news that Elio and Novi came yesterday, we should assume that he's not coming today. And that basically every day he should be allowed to drink wine unless he heard it from Eliyahu Navi. So the Gemara says that's not clear, because it could be that Eliyahu Navi actually did come yesterday. He spoke to the Bezana Gadol, and we just don't, we didn't get the memo. So, you know, like we weren't like, you know, important enough for that information to make it all the way to filter down to us. Um, so, um, Um, so the Gemara says that the fact that uh, we're thinking that, that if Eliyahu, um, so, so that's the discussion. So what's the reason why we don't worry about it? The answer is, is that maybe we don't know. So why on Shabbos and Yom Tif, maybe it came on Friday? No, we have a rule that Eliyahu Navi never comes on Fridays. Okay, why? Because we're too busy with preparation for Shabbos and Yom Tif, Fridays or have Yom Tif. So the Gemara says, right now we're thinking 
And if Eliyahu Navi uh, won't come on a Friday, then Mashiach also won't come on a Friday. So if that's true, then we should be allowed, then even Fridays he should be allowed to drink the wine. So Gemara says, no, that's not the case actually. Eliyahu Navi won't come on a Friday, but Mashiach will come on a Friday. Why? What about the, the preparations for Shabbos? Once Mashiach comes, you don't have to worry about the preparations for Shabbos. There'll be plenty of people clamoring to help you with your preparations for Shabbos. It's, you know, you know all, like we said, uh, the whole world will be recognizing God. They're going to have all of a sudden a lot of people who just would love the opportunity to help you prepare for Shabbos. You don't have anything to worry about. So the Gemara says, all right, but Sunday should be allowed. Why? Um, if Sunday is not allowed, it must be because there's no Trumen. Because if there was Trumen, um, so then every Sunday should be permissible um, because he can't come on Shabbos. Elio can't come on Shabbos. And since Elio can't come on Shabbos, because Yesh um, uh, uh, so the Sunday should be allowed. The fact that Sunday is, is not allowed to drink wine proves that there's ain't Tchumen. Um, so the Gemara says, that's not true. Because maybe the Tana was in doubt, and he's covering all, all possibilities. And he says, I'm not sure. If Elio would come on the Shabbos or not. Is there an, is there an issue of Tchumen coming from the air or not? If there is an issue of Tchumen coming from the air, so then I don't have to worry about Sunday. But if there is no issue, then I do. So just that, to, to play it safe, I'm not going to allow drinking wine even on Sunday. So that's the story. Then the Gemara asked the question, is that when did, when, when is this person standing? What day of the week is he standing and saying this declaration that the day that, that Mashiach comes, I will not, I will take on status of a Nazirus. So when is he standing? If he's standing on regular Sunday. So obviously we're saying, or any day of the week. So then the Naziris we said is already Chal. So what's going to happen come Shabbos? Then the Naziris is going to be unchal. How do you have a Naziris that was effective and then disappears? So it must be that, uh, that the, the case of where you don't have to worry about it is if you made the vow on a Shabbos or a Yom Tif, then you don't have to worry that Eliyahu Navi uh, uh, came yesterday on Friday, on Friday or every Yom Tif, and therefore you would be allowed to drink that Yom Tif. But once it hits a weekday, so now there's a real possibility that Mashiach will come today, so then the Nazirus kicks in. Once it kicks in, it's not coming off, and you have to keep the Nazirus. All right. That took us to the next thing, which was uh, the case of the port. So we talked about the tool of Ramagomliel, which was basically like a tube, kind of like a telescope of sorts, that could measure distance, and he would basically see if he was within 2,000 amas from the dry land. And that was the story. And you can see the height and the depth, all that is able to be seen. We did see, once we were talking about heights and depths, and that you could see with the telescope, with this, this thing, so the question is that, oh, so we also saw how a person can use science to figure out heights of things. So if you want to know how tall a palm tree is, so all you need to do is measure your height and measure the height of your shadow. And then you can measure on the ground the shadow of the 
uh, of of the tree, and you can figure out based on the ratio that uh, you know just doing the multiplication, you'll figure out how much taller is the shadow than your shadow. That's going to be um, how much taller is the uh, you know to that ratio. That's how that's the height of the palm tree as well. Um, okay. Next thing we saw also is that if you want that uh, a wild animal shouldn't sleep in the shadow of a cover because they're looking for a shady spot. So what you do is you put a, pe- a pole right there and the time when there's a nice angle of the sun and you see when the angle comes down and that is um, that uh, four hours in the day and measure the line and that is the uh, distance that you're going to make a diagonal on one side of the cover so that it basically blocks it from being any shade. I don't know if you get the picture, but basically you're just Instead of having a going up um, straight up vertically, it's going up at an angle, so it's blocking the ability for the shadow to actually be on the ground anywhere, and um, therefore there's no place for the animal to be protected from the sun, and it'll go find a tree to hang out under. And that is where we left off yesterday, and we're going to take it from here today. Let me just. Uh,